0: Awesome. Well, I am thrilled today to continue down the 12-week series that we're on. Last week, we started a series called The Culture Keys of Cedar House. We're going to spend 12 weeks covering a different culture key per week. As I mentioned last week, a culture um, is very important for an organization. These these culture keys are these core values, if you will, Are these anchor points of any organization or these markers that you stay tethered to? And it's really important that we know what we're trying to accomplish and know what we are tethered to. I believe the kingdom of heaven has a culture. I believe the kingdom of heaven has core values. And we are trying our best to establish those here on earth, um, specifically in this community. So the culture key that we are going to cover today that you've just heard is that the gossip train stops with me. Does everyone say that with me? The gossip train stops with me. So I believe, if not the number one way, one of the number one ways to kill a culture or to stop a move of God is gossip. So what I would like to do today is highlight this as something that is unacceptable is something that is, it's a, for, it's a forbidden fruit, if you will. And I'd like to kind of draw a line in the sand to really let everyone know that this is something that we're not okay with in this environment. You should not be okay with this in any environment that you're in. I can't control that. What I can have authority over is what we allow in our environment, and that's not something that we want. Gossip is not something that can be toyed with. It is not something that can be gray. It's not something that can be negotiated with because it is very detrimental to an environment. How many of you have experienced that? Um, I have watched gossip harm families. I have watched it destroy close friendships. I have watched it hurt churches. I've watched it hurt businesses. Anytime there's a group of people getting together, trying to accomplish a goal, gossip is very, very, very bad. So are you with me on drawing a line in the sand today? Say, this, this is not okay. We're not okay with it. We can't have it in our family lives. We don't want it. We want nothing to do with it. It's zero tolerance. Yes. I will go a very long way with people in their journeys. For example, if someone is struggling with a sin in their life, if someone's struggling with a routine addiction, if someone is caught up in a lifestyle that they don't want to be in, But they are trying. I have so much grace for that. I have close people to me that have personal issues that they're working on, and it doesn't bother me one bit because they're trying to get better. What I do not have any tolerance for is someone who just willfully gossips. It is just not okay. It's really, really bad. There's no grace for someone who just will consistently gossip. So we're drawing a line in the sand saying we do not want to continually gossip. You have all been a part of walking into an environment when you've been been being talked about. How many of you have walked into a room and you know that I was just being talked about? And you can feel it. Did anyone like that feeling? No. We all know what that's like. And hopefully you know what it's like to when you're, you're talking about someone else and you know that you go too far and you have the Holy Spirit conviction that says you just said too much. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. We don't like either one of those things, so we just don't want to continue those things. So we're just going to plow down this concept of gossip. Now I'm going to cover what is gossip, what does it do, how to avoid it, and when to know that it's gossip versus seeking counsel. A little bit of a line there. We're going to cover those four things. But first, I wanted to go to the Bible to pull out a story of how gossip... Stop the move of God. So I am going to read out of Mark 6. Now, if you know me or you've been around here at all, I love this story. This is a story of Jesus going back home, and he's not welcomed back into his home environment. There's so much meat inside this story. There's ten different revelatory things inside this seven, chap- seven verses to me. But for the sake of today, it's going to be on the the context of gossiping. I believe all of the Bible has very dense revelation and multiple meanings in every single verse. But in my life, for some reason, this one just really highlights to me consistently. So this is Jesus going back home. He started his ministry, and he's going back home, and this is what he walks into. So I'm reading verse 1 through 6. So he, Jesus, went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hand? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, and amongst his relatives and in his own household. And he could not do mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled at their unbelief. Okay, so just a little bit of context here. This is Jesus. This is the biggest move of God that we have yet to see. There is one that is coming that will be of equal or greater because he promised that to us. But up to this point, this is the greatest move of God we've ever experienced. This is Jesus in the flesh. And Jesus is going around. He's doing the stuff. He is healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's driving out demons. He's multiplying food. I mean, he's doing all the cool stuff. He's feeding the poor. He's loving the loveless, all of that. People are getting saved, healed, and delivered right and left. And he's teaching with this wisdom that people are stunned by. That's what's happening. And Jesus gets back to his hometown and he starts doing that same thing. And so he is, he's doing all the stuff and he's, they're shocked by his wisdom and the signs. And they're saying, where did he get this from? And this is a I mean, this is what we want, right? Like I'm like, this is the move of God that we want. We want this type of environment. I want to do that. I know you're here because you want to do that. This is what we want. All right. And Jesus goes back home and he's doing the same thing. And his intention is to continue down the same path and do the same thing he had been doing. And something happened. All of a sudden, someone started talking. Jesus had full intention to continue down the same path, and then someone starts talking. So a couple major keys here I want you to realize. Jesus equated what these people were saying to unbelief. But think about this. All they did was state the logical fact All they did was say, Isn't wait, I know him. It isn't wait, I know his parents and his sisters are here and his dad was a carpenter, right? They're they're not even they're not even making up stuff. What are they doing? They're just stating logic and they're stating facts. Why is that not good? Because people in the kingdom, in the renewed mind, are supposed to look at things as though the ones that are not, as though they are. It takes zero faith for someone to call out a logical thing. It takes zero work ethic or trust or dependency on God to just state what's logical. And stating what was logical in this story ended a move of God. And Jesus Jesus. Them stating the logical, them stating the facts, he marveled at their unbelief. I think about this. They shocked God with their unbelief, and it started with just stating facts. Okay. Does this make sense to you that it takes no faith to just state a fact? Yeah. And God is calling us to live at a higher level. Every single one of us can just state facts. But this, I'd like to introduce to you or challenge to you that just stating logic is rooted in gossip. Okay, this is what this looks like on a daily basis. I'm a dreamer. I'm a builder. I like new things. I like people who are like, yeah, let's do something new. I want to start a business. I want to start a nonprofit. I enjoy those type of things. I pay attention to those things. I like those kind of things. That excites me. I'm futuristic in thought, and I like working to make things work. And so I dream a lot. Now, if you're like me, what that means is, is that you're going to share dreams with people. You're going to share ideas with people. So, for example, in Baton Rouge, I want to see racism finished, right? I want to see poverty finished. I want to see the education system completely turned upside down, to where people are from across America are saying, "What happened in Baton Rouge? How did it go from number 50 to number three? How did racism stop so fast in that city? What happened?" Okay. So when we're dreaming like that, and all of you know what I'm talking. What I'm about to say, and someone says, "States' logic," and someone says, "That's going to be really hard." There's not enough money to do that. Hey, a lot of people have tried that before and failed. Hey, that's going to take a lot of energy to change the education system. Hey, what do you feel when someone does that? Just completely sucks the air out of the room, right? And you're like, man, don't be a Debbie Downer, man. Just like, come on, dream with me here. Like, it's glory to glory. We live under an open heaven. Things are dreams all things are possible if you, bigger than you can think or imagine think about that what you what you can actually think or imagine god said it's bigger so we're supposed to be dreaming so if that's the way he thinks and his bar is this high the reason why just stating logical facts is so deflating is because it's not rooted in truth these are just facts We are called to live at another level with a renewed mind to call things that are not as though they are. So Jesus shows up. The logical thought is, isn't this the carpenter's son? The thought should be, huh, that's cool. I don't know what it is. I'm a bit perplexed. I know him from before. But I'm not just going to start agreeing with logic. I'm going to live with a renewed mind, and I'm going to think up here with God. Are you with me? That is a high demand that, that he's putting on you and I. Hey, I don't even want, I want you to be tame your tongue to the point to where you're not even just stating logic. You are actually living in a place where you are only saying and declaring the truth and the goodness of God. If God has a plan, let's talk about that. So if I'm dreaming around you, please don't state logic. I know it's logical. I, I know when I'm being illogical, but do you know how many biblical stories about being illogical? I don't need people telling me that it's going to be hard. I get it. I understand that logically it's going to be hard. I, I, that takes zero faith. I'm looking for people that are like, like a Joshua and Caleb. They're like, man, we can do it. The whole crew is like a nation. is like we can't do it. And they're like, no, it's possible. And the hope of two people, what that turned into is just amazing. I don't need to know the ratios of success. I just Me and God is enough. You and God is enough. Here's here's a big challenge. Let's just stop stating logic. (laughs) My marriage is bad. How about our marriage is going to get better? Racism is bad. Man, we're going to see racism in. In my lifetime, we're going to see it. And this is partnering with heaven. This is partnering with God's perspective. It takes zero faith to state logic, isn't this Jesus' son? It's the same thing as saying, like, isn't that a black shirt? Just don't, just stop talking. (laughs) When in doubt, just stop talking. Okay, so I'm going to break this down now of what is gossip. I'm going to go over what is gossip, what does it do, how to avoid it, and when to know if it's gossip or seeking counsel. You with me? All right, so the first one is what is gossip? This is the most elementary definition that I could come up with. This is mine, this is not Merriam Webster or anything else. And that is, it is having a conversation about someone else who is not present that you would not have with that person if they were present. Gossip is having a conversation about another person who is not present that you would not want to have if that person was present. Very simple. If you wouldn't say the exact same thing with that human being in the room, then don't say it when they're not in the room. Simple enough definition? Okay. So, second point. What does it do? There's three things that gossip does. Number one, it suppresses a move of God. We just saw that. Talking. It just kills a move of God. I'll be honest with you, the number this is probably the number one to me. I want to see revival. I, I, I want the presence of God dwelling with us. I want to see everything that Jesus said was possible. I want to see that in my lifetime. Like, I want to see it tomorrow. I know that it takes time, but it's coming. And I don't want to be around a bunch of people that just gossip alone will end it. Think about that. This is such a big deal. And so in our culture... If you want a move of God, we cannot be gossiping. Did you know there's no gossip in heaven? Greatest, purest revival going on on earth right now or ever is in heaven, and no one's gossiping. No one's lending an ear to it, so we shouldn't be gossiping. I I want a move of God that is so powerful, but we cannot have it with gossip. Gossip suppresses a move of God. We cover that with Jesus. Okay, number two, it accuses the brethren. All right, the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. So you can look at it like this. All day, Satan is sitting here accusing us. He's just, he's reminding Jesus, and he's reminding heaven. Did you see, hey, did you see what they looked at? Did you see what came out of their mouth? Did you see they didn't live by faith there? Did you see the way they talked to each other? And this accusation, accusation, accusation. Okay, because of what Jesus did, those accusations fall short. The cross ended all accusations. Praise God. But in his sovereignty, he has allowed you and I to factor into the equation. And the kingdom works off of agreement. If you agree with the enemy, it empowers the enemy. If you agree with God, it empowers God. So here's the deal. Here's Satan accusing. Here's Jesus blocking when we're speaking truth. He's just continuing blocking. And what the enemy's looking for is someone to agree with him and start talking with him. And the moment you do that, it ushers in his agenda. So what you start doing when you're gossiping about someone else is you're accusing them. Look, even if it's small stuff, yeah, Jenny's always late. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just the way they are. Small stuff. What that's just accusing them of their late. You're, just, you're forming realities that they're consistently late. Small stuff like that. I know gossip gets way bigger than you're late, but it's just stating the obvious. But what you're doing when you're stating the obvious is just ushering what the enemy has. Stop doing that. <laughs> Saying that to me too. I have to stop doing that. It's just logic. Isn't that Jesus? Wait, wait We know him. We we're, 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 we're don't want to start accusing. we got to stay out of the accusation. Number three, gossip broadcast irresponsibility. I really like this point. So what you're doing when you're gossiping to someone else, about someone else, is you are broadcasting to everyone that you're gossiping to that you are irresponsible and you are not powerful. You are saying, I am not capable of going straight to the source I am not capable of fixing the problem so what I'd rather do is take my time and energy and complain about it. So next time someone's gossiping to you, you can be like, hey, you're, you're broadcasting your irresponsibility and all of this stuff is coming on me and it just makes you look really pithy and weak. If it's true. You're just telling everyone around you, hey, I'm powerless. I don't have the tools to actually bring change. I just I just want to complain about it, and I'd like for you to listen while I do it. <laughs> the best way to complain is to fix. If you really care about bringing change, you just fix the problem. If you want to be a if you want to be someone that God uses in the kingdom, you will be someone that brings solutions. When He gave Mina to certain. People, and they brought solutions, and they increased it. God gave them more. If you want to sit on the side and gossip, God's going to take your mina. He's going to give it to me. I'll take your mina if you don't want it. If you want to sit on the side and complain, I'll take your currency if you, if you you if you don't want it. Can I get amen? Okay. Okay. That was what does gossip do. Number three, how to avoid it. There are four points to this. Number one, change the station. Okay, you have the authority and the power and the ability to determine what comes out of your mouth. And you have the ability and capability to make sure that you don't join a conversation. So if a conversation is going on at your workplace or in your house and you walk into it and you can feel how gossip is going, and you, those of you who have been around that, people who gossip want you to join that whole thing starts, you don't have to get drafted into it. You can just say, you can change the station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, hey, did, did, you, did you get a new car last week? Uh, yeah, man. Hey, anyway, so like last night I was watching Sports Center and I saw this thing. Hey, yeah, anyway, so the reason why I was going to come over here, I was going to tell you about, I appreciate you sent me that sales report last Thursday. Whatever it is, you can change the station, okay? For some of you, me saying that, that sounds a little awkward. Okay, awkward is a choice. You, you have to choose that your ability, your desire to not gossip has to trump your desire to not feel awkward. And you can build this muscle, I promise. It's, it just takes a little bit of time, but you, you don't have to walk into a gossip situation. You can just change the station. So there's a, a, it's going on, gossip's going on, and you just switch the station. You do not have to be a part of it if you don't want to. Awkward is a choice. Number two on how to avoid or mentalities to be aware of if you don't want to gossip. Always think protection. Trudy said it on the video. We all have blind spots. Like I, the reason why we're in community is I, don't, I need things that I'm not aware that I need and I need you to tell me that I need them. But in the concept of having a blind spot, it's important that we protect one another. So when I don't notice a blind spot and I make a mistake... I need you to protect me. I want to protect you. We're called to cover one another. So if Stacy makes a mistake, a bad mistake, if I go talk to Dave about it, I'm just exposing her. I'm not protecting her. So what we're called to do, what the Father does is, he protects us when we do a wrong act. He doesn't go, Pfft. <laughs> Hey, guys, did y'all see this? The woman caught in adultery, he didn't go gather everyone and, yeah, let's throw stones at her. He protects her, and and he didn't expose her. And this is what you and I are called to. It's really, really easy, and it requires no faith, to call out someone's blind spot. Jenny's always late. Don't do that. It's just just calling someone's blind spot out. Let's protect them in a moment. It's like uh, I have young kids, and there's certain things that they... They're just not ready for and I have to protect them for it. It's the same concept. I'm just, I'm going to protect this person because they're not aware of their activity. I'm going to protect this person because they don't know their effect on the environment around them. I'm not going to tell everyone about it. So protecting one another. Okay. The third point on how to avoid it is always promote strengths. So this is why prophecy is so important. Everyone has a strength. Everyone has a destiny that God has called you to, and it's, our responsibility to find what that gold is and promote it in that person. So when I'm gossiping, what I'm doing is I'm throwing stones at the negative. But I need to renew my mind to know with a call on your life and live accordingly to say, you know what? Josh is supposed to be this person in business. And so when Josh doesn't act like that person in business, I want to promote his strengths and remind him of what he's called to. If Dave wants to be this person in a nonprofit. And Dave makes a mistake. I want to promote his strength, not expose his weakness. We're always promoting each other's strengths. Find the gold in someone and sit on that. It's really easy to see the negative, but it's really simple. Again, it requires no faith and no talent to see the negative. <laughs> it requires no work ethic. It requires nothing from you to state that the shirt is black. It requires nothing of you to say, man, I have herniated disc in my back. It requires a lot to say, man, God's going to heal my back. Living at this place, we don't want to just talk about it all the time. So promoting each other's strengths. Um, The fourth one is go to the source. When there's a problem and you want to go gossip to someone about it, just stop and say, okay, what is the source of this? I'm just going to go to the source. This will solve almost every single problem. Just, oh, I've heard this. Don't know if it's true or not. I'm not going to ask questions in the gossip train. I'm not going to go figure it out, ask somebody else. I'm going to go straight to the human being and ask him if this happened or not in a loving way. Um, so, <laughs> so it just, just go straight to the source. I'm, you're confused about it. You've heard something on and on and on. You're just like, hey, the gossip train stops with me. I'm just going to go talk to Dave about what they said he said about me. And you just hit it right on the head. Okay. Jesus, I'm, I'm going to give, in a couple weeks, I'm going to do a sermon on heart-to-heart communication, on how one of the culture keys is heart-to-heart communication, how to communicate in a culture to have a thriving environment. But just want to hit this one point. Jesus said these two, these should be jarring. These two things should put a giant demand on our life. Number one is, Jesus said, if you have an issue with a friend or a brother, I want you to settle that before you come to the temple. Okay, our current language. I I do not want you to do church activities or come to me in the quiet place until you have solved that issue with that person. That's number one, he said. Number two is, don't let the sun go down when you have an issue towards someone else. You got to get this. This is Jesus putting a time restraint. This is Jesus telling us, "I need you to be talented at this. I need you to be talented at going to the source." Think about it. He gave us a 24-hour window. <laughs> is this making sense to you? This is a teacher saying, "Hey, I need you to figure this out, and you got to turn it in tomorrow at noon." Yeah. It, this is, guys. I don't. You can't sit for six months on a problem. Tomorrow, I need you to have this. When you come back here tomorrow, it needs to be solved. What is that saying? I need you to get a lot of tools to solve dilemmas quickly with your friend. That is really good. I'm telling you does that you got to hear this again. You 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 have a he put a time restraint and he required talent to solve an issue when you have an issue with a friend. I love that. I like that. I like when he requires that kind of thing out of it. It's like hey, I don't need you to read six books about confrontation. I just, I need you to, you can you can in the season when you don't have an issue with someone. But when there's an issue, man, you just go talk to the person. Just go to the source. That's it, okay? Jesus put this demand on us, and you and I are capable of doing it. If he said it's possible, it's within us to be able to do it. And a little side note on that, some of you to avoid gossip completely you may need to pay attention to who you're around and potentially get new friends now I am all about being salt, light and leaven and my main goal is so people get transformed lives and people outside the church get changed we meet so people get changed outside the walls of the church but at the same time if someone's destructive in your life you just need to adjust certain friendships some of you are like my husband does this and I can't leave (laughs) All right, so the fourth thing is when is it counsel or when is it gossip? Okay, now this is a bit gray, and every person's different. There is no rule on this, but you know your heart. I I cannot come up with a rule that applies to Stacy and Jeff the same way. It just doesn't work. Everyone's different. Every situation is different. If you're looking for that, I'm sure there's groups of people that have that. We don't have that. So if you are seeking validation or more ammunition, if you are seeking validation for how you feel or your position, or if you're seeking more ammunition, I would say that's gossip. So this week, I had a friend come to me. He's having a personal issue in his life with someone very close to him. I know the person, and he said to me, hey, I I am seeking accountability on how I can handle the situation because I want to honor this person perfectly. And he walked through it with me, honoring this person the whole time, and his whole goal was, do you think I'm holding my heart right? And if not, I'm seeking accountability because I want to go apologize to this person or I want to go fix the problem. He had zero ammunition, nor was he seeking to be right to fulfill his position. I would say that was good counsel. Now, when you are, when your ear starts itching and you're just kind of like a little angry at somebody and you're like, I want to go, I know if I tell this person, they'll validate that thing and I'll feel better about myself. That would be gossip. They don't know what I'm talking about. You get ticked off and you're like ready to feel validated like they hurt my feelings and they don't even know it and they're wrong. When you go tell your four friends and they're like, yeah, yeah. I would say that's gossip. What what is that whole group of people doing in the friendship? We're just broadcasting irresponsibility. <laughs> I think that's funny. So it's a gray line. Everybody's different. But I would say if you are seeking validation or more ammunition to be right, you're you're stepped out of line and you're you're seeking gossip. So please understand me. It is okay to seek counsel, but number one. Seek counsel from someone who you know is not going to have an agenda, take a side, seek vengeance, anything like that. Find a trusted friend who you can talk through a situation with to make sure that your heart is where it needs to be. Amen? Amen. All right. One more thing, and then we'll close and do some ministry stuff. Here's something I really felt on my heart um, as I've been thinking about how the gossip train stops with me. There, there are times where if you would say something negative about someone else to a certain person, it would wipe your hands clean of a situation. There are times where if you would talk negatively to someone here, if you would talk negative about someone to this person, that they would think that you're not involved in the situation. It's just making sense. Um, I've, I've been in situations in my life where... People have included me. People have judged a certain group of people, and I've been included in that group of people. But I know that I didn't do anything wrong. The only way that I can actually validate myself is to go to the person who thinks these things about these people and say, yeah, you're right about these people. What, what I'm saying is, let God validate you. There are certain times where you could wash your hands clean of a situation, and you could be out of a situation, and you could point, you could tell this person, "Yeah, you're right. That group of people did that, and I want you to know that I didn't have anything to do with it. What I did in that situation is I just talked bad about these people." Here's the thing: God will validate you. That's a long-term yes. That, that that when you live that lifestyle, short term, people will judge you. But I, I, I promise you, I have felt the pleasure of God on me. There's been several situations in my life where a five-minute conversation with someone, they would know that I wasn't a part of it, and I refuse to talk bad about those people. And I just trust that God would change that person's heart. I mean, this could be small stuff. I'm talking like weird parenting. I mean, like, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but what I feel like I was highlighting is you don't always have to wash your hands clean of every situation. Jesus warned us against this thing called the political spirit. Herod of the day washed his hands clean of Jesus, and he let the popular opinion kill Jesus. Now, why did he do that? He said, okay, I'm going to let everyone know that I'm clean. Hey, Jesus, I, I don't see that you're anything's wrong with you. You know, I'm good if you're good, but I'm going to go to the people. He goes to the people. The people are like, yeah, let's kill him. He's like, hey, I don't see anything wrong with him, but I'm going to let y'all do this. What, what's he doing in this thing? He's being political. I'm not going to take a side. I'm not going to... Da, da, da. I, I'm just... I'm going to wash my hands clean with both sides. And God's asking us to just stand upright and say, you just do the right thing and I'll validate you. Make sense? Okay. In closing, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, the tongue, out of the tongue comes life and death. There's two options here. This isn't a gray line. Pretty, pretty black and white. Life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You will eat the fruit from the language that you talk. You will eat at the table from what you say out of your mouth. And you can eat good fruit, or you can eat bad fruit. What you say about someone else, you're going to eat that fruit in your life. What you say is what you're going to enjoy. If you're speaking life, you'll enjoy good fruit. If you're speaking death, you'll enjoy bad fruit. But this is, this is rock solid. This is 100% true. If you're saying negative things, you're going to eat the fruit from negativity. If you're saying positive things you will eat positive fruit. So here's my desire and my invitation to you is that we would create an atmosphere where God can come and be fully God and that you and I don't allow gossip to seep in. We don't have to state the logical. We don't allow gossip to come in so we can have more of the presence of God. And I'm inviting you into this culture to be a group of people that know that the gossip train stops with me. Amen?